You're listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast. With Karen Butler, Senior Editor. Brought to you by Supply Side West. Hello, and welcome to a Supply Side West edition of the Healthy Insider podcast. I'm Karen Butler, Senior Editor. Today I'm live in Las Vegas at day one of Supply Side West. We have education sessions today and we're off to a great start. Joining me is Michael Altman. Among other things, Michael is an herbalist, a nutritionist, a formulator, and he teaches at Southern Oregon University. Michael, welcome. Thank you very much. So Michael and I have just come from the Healthy Aging session where he spoke on ingredients and formulation considerations. So I've asked him to spend a few minutes uh, just recapping with me, uh, the session in general, and then some points that he'd like to share. Michael, were there any common themes or big picture takeaways that you noted today? Well, the, the, one of the major themes that was very important and covered by multiple speakers was the importance of cardiovascular health and fitness and how we can use supplements and of course food and our diet and activity to reduce the risk of chronic disease. And that's, you know, that's really a critical component of what we all spoke about. Right. Um, And how about the strategy of whether it's a preventive or a, a, you know, you're seeing issues and you're, are are we seeing more in the public? Are they uh, looking at healthy aging younger in the process? Or is it more like I'm starting to have some issues and I need to think about it? Yeah, the concern, you know, working with cancer patients, for instance, um, I, I always I tend to see younger populations in greater frequency, which is very worrying. And then, of course, we know about obesity in adolescents now. So you're looking at T2D or type 2 diabetes in kids, and that has a plethora of long-lasting problems that could go throughout their lives. So the, the sooner we can educate people, the sooner we could get people to eat healthy diets and then maybe include specific herbs and spices to enhance those diets and step up the plant nutrient potential of the diet, um, then we can make greater headway in prevention. Yeah. How about um, consumers who are thinking they can cover all their bases with food sources? Is that really possible anymore? I worry about the concentration of a lot of the key nutrients in foods, you know, just because things aren't all wild foods, which have apparently the highest amounts of anthocyanins and antioxidants and different plant nutrients that are key. And then um, also, you know, organic foods may be more or less potent than others, but I really do worry about the genetically modified foods having levels of vitamins that are sufficient and just you know, the, the amount of nutrients we're getting in the diet. And this is where I think supplements can be important, getting certain categories of supplements so people don't have to eat handfuls of certain fruit beyond what they would be accustomed to or that might give them a stomach ache. You know, how do we manage to get the equivalent of two or three pomegranates a day? And how often are we eating um, Indian food? So we're getting ginger and turmeric in our diets and different Asian spices and herbs that have beneficial effects, as well as, you know, some of the spices that are even in uh, American foods that we really want to get. Um, that will help with um, reducing inflammation and improving blood flow. Um, so that, that's an area where supplements and, and, and enhancing the diet through um, additional ingredients in our daily intake could be helpful. So avoiding unnatural amounts of natural products? 
Um, yeah, <laughs> ideally we want to find the sweet spot. And this was one of the things that was covered in the, the questioning after the, the um, speakers were up when we were in our panel. It's like, how do people know like what's the right amount? And there's such a huge safety profile with foods and herbs. So we, we as practitioners, tend to be a little less concerned about that than what we hear in the media where you have to be careful. Like I, I hear from different cancer hospitals um, where different clients of mine are interacting with them and, and the fear that's brought about about consuming garlic or you know, eating berries because they have antioxidants, it's, it's just over the top, the fear that's brought out there um, versus the benefits that people get from these foods. Yeah, interesting also in this session, um, one of our speakers was addressing soy, and soy has really been villainized, and he spoke to a specific clinical study, which really may not have gotten to the same conclusion or, or used the same method, so I found that very interesting. Mm -hmm. I tend to have people, or I recommend they eat a range of different legumes, and then there are herbal, um, there are herbs that are actually legumes too, because when we're talking about soybeans, it's a legume. And he mentioned nitrogen fixing, and that's something that's beneficial to the earth and allowing other plants to grow. But astragalus, which is a really important medicinal herb in Chinese medicine, is also a legume. And so is licorice, which is used in almost all the different Chinese herbal formulas. And those have important health-promoting effects as well. Um, so what I tell people as far as eating legumes is just eat an array of them. Don't just focus on soy and don't worry about it so much. Just eat black beans one day and then you could have lima beans and, and make foods that accommodate those beans as well. So, you know, if you like Mexican foods, you may focus on pinto or black beans. And if you like, um, you know, Indian food, you might eat more garbanzos or, or peas. You know, it just depends what you're focused on and, and just broaden it and get that range of different plant foods that you can take in on a regular basis. Yeah, that's good. A variety and things that, that you would naturally incorporate in your diet. Don't feel like you have to force them. Yeah. And a lot of the evidence now is how much we tend to narrow down our diet, even though we might be eating, you know, burgers from five different places. It doesn't give us a lot of broad benefits. We might want to be eating different plants on a much more regular basis. You know, obviously, um, there's a, a focus on eating from the rainbow and the rainbow as was discussed in the the lectures was you know we have this red category and that can include everything from pomegranates to tomatoes to raspberries and then also getting in the purple category and even white foods like we you know a lot of times white is is the food that we say stay away from white because we think of white bread or white sugar but white fleshed fruit like uh, apples and pears actually contain a fair amount of quercetin and that's a, a nutrient that can lower stroke risk so um, so eating foods from the rainbow, not being exclusionary in any way, just like we would want to be in real life with people around us. Um, so there are foods that are deeply, deeply pigmented, almost black, like the pigments in black beans or in, in some of the berries. Um, and those have different benefits, but they're also um, extremely important in protecting the blood vessels in the brain. I do like my white potatoes. <laughs> we got to have them sometimes, for like sure. Deep fried or in particular. <laughs> so certainly for older consumers who are pursuing healthy aging, prescription drugs have uh, very much inhabited a large space in the marketplace. Do you think there's room for, for supplements and preventive measures to come in? Yeah, there's definitely multiple ways to go about using them with people who are taking drugs. So a lot of older Americans are on more than one prescription drug, which could be called polypharmacy. 
and we do have to worry about the interactions of those drugs. But then when it comes to foods and herbs, there's actually a much lesser risk. And I look to talk to people about ways, like if they're on the verge of having a discussion with their doctor about maybe being on a blood pressure medication, for instance, like what would be a way that they could discuss with their doctor the potential to change their diet a little and then maybe enhance it with some things that will naturally lower blood pressure. And then they might not have the same worry about taking a blood pressure medication that could cause them to be dizzy and might fall. And then they have a whole complication list from fracturing a hip, for example. So these are the things that I like to talk to people about is, is what's effective, what helps people reduce risk, especially of stroke and heart attack and cancer and some of the diseases that are at the top of those, the top five or top 10 list. And plant foods really come into play, physical activity. So with, you know, lowering blood pressure, for instance, if someone's going to take um, one of the drugs that do that, the beta blockers, the calcium channel blockers, or other drugs that might potentially cause some dizziness or lightheadedness, they might want to also focus on physical therapy or yoga or something that will help with balance and making sure that they're steady on their feet if they're older. Um, so, you know, but then avoiding these medications could be really, really, it's, it's not that difficult to do. People just have to have the will and then it may involve simple weight loss too. So it sounds like, as with most of well-being, we're looking at personalized nutrition approaches and working with a practitioner for what's right for your body as opposed to my body. I love that, yeah. And it's, it's hard because it's hard to find people that are um, ideally suited to give that advice. Like a lot of people are seeking out information, or I'd call it misinformation, on the web. And then that information comes to me, and I, I really encourage people to flesh out their information, like, you know, we talk about fake news, but there's no such thing as fake news. It's either real or it's fake. And with nutrition, you know, I, I do a lot of research on nutrients and I do a lot of research on herbs and plant nutrients. And there's abundant research that shows, and, and it's from all around the world. It's from places like Norway and India and China and Japan and, um, you know, you name it, um, countries all over the place, South America on these ingredients and we do a vast amount of that research here it's just also that people don't see it and they don't see how to use these things in combination and access what's available how about uh potency of supplements do you have thoughts about what's needed there yeah a lot of mass market supplements in my opinion are underpowered so that someone might have to take too many of something to get the benefits. So I focus on things that are incredibly potent for my the people I work with because I want to work in a safety range with them, but I also want them to have in ingredients so that if they're missing their blueberries for the whole winter where they're unavailable, and even the, the, the period, the window in the summer when fresh blueberries are available that are really good, it's not that long. And you can buy frozen blueberries, but I want to make sure, for example, that people are getting those pigments daily because they're only active in the body for X amount of time. So maybe it's eight hours or so. Those pigments are, are excreted through the urine, but they're active in the body for a, a good amount of time. So if someone's dosing on an anthocyanin-enriched supplement that's made from food um, a couple times a day, the likelihood that that's going to be there to protect their blood vessels and improve the elasticity of their arteries in conjunction perhaps with something else like magnesium, which also does that. So these berry ingredients help improve the elasticity 
and reduce brittleness and they reduce inflammation and protect the brain. Um, I spoke a lot about them in the, the talk, but that's just one category. There are so many things that we want to include and it's, it's not that hard to do that. What I do worry about is the cost and things being equitable, like people being able to take people that don't have high levels of income being able to take supplements in ways that can enhance their health so it's more available to the masses. You talked about different categories. Um, I know you're big on adaptogens. Can you share a few of those that are key in, in healthy aging? Probably the best known adaptogen is ginseng, which we have a Native American ginseng here that's been over-harvested um, and now it's being woods grown. So there are companies actually that focus on growing some of these more endangered plants in a woodland environment where they're monitored and watched out for. So this way they don't have to be over harvested in the actual wild. So that's one. And then a lot of ginseng is known to be harvested and grown up in Wisconsin. And there's real worries about precipitation and flooding and sustainability with some of these adaptogens too, some which come from um, more um, areas, parts of the world that are in a little bit more flux. So for example, in parts of Russia, you have um, permafrost melting, and that may be the environment where you might see Eleutherococcus or Siberian ginseng growing. So there's a lot of flux right now in the market for adaptogens, but these are substances that are safe, that have been tested on athletes, um, they've been tested on uh, astronauts, and in some of the earlier history, it was in Russia where they looked at um, physiological stresses on people like astronauts or what they called cosmonauts back in, you know, in, in their time. And um, others are fungal ingredients like mushrooms, such as reishi mushroom, which is considered a elite tonic. Talk about elite athletes, but it's a higher tonic in Chinese medicine that's Ganoderma. And then cordyceps mushroom. Um, there's schizandra, which is a really well-researched adaptogen that's um, helpful to the liver. It's useful for modulating stress and helping the adrenal glands. So there's a lot of beneficial activity. And of course, what I also look at is how to support people that are under a lot of stress because I work with a lot of cancer patients. So how do I help them tolerate chemotherapy and um, improve their energy levels during the day? So that, that is directly reflective on their quality of life. But for day-to-day -day use, you know, people can take a combination uh, adaptogen product that's sustainably grown and harvested and then it comes down to looking at the amount that's needed, not overstimulating oneself and getting um, ingredients that are helpful to regulating blood sugar and supporting the endocrine system, for example. Mm. So you touched on it uh, just briefly as you were discussing several things. When we're looking at healthy aging of humans, we also want to be aware of healthy aging of the planet. I know that's important to you. Do you have a couple key points you'd like to suggest to formulators and companies looking to formulate products uh, just that could be planet forward in their thinking? Yeah, I'm an herbalist and a, and a harvester, but I, I do a lot more in the way of formulation and then personal um, protocol development. But I, I also have worked, you know, harvesting wild seaweeds off the Oregon coast. And I, I see these beautiful environments that are being impacted by climate change. So for instance, a huge concern is ocean acidification, which is driving the uh, problem now that shellfish are having a problem actually creating their shells. So the, the change in the ocean chemistry is making it so shells of clams and oysters are harder to form. So companies that actually raise those, you know, aquaculture companies that raise these 
these uh, shellfish have to start with a, a, a bigger um, organism to get started so they'll actually grow. Um, when I talk about seaweeds, those beds are actually being threatened by climate change as well, um, especially in the South Puget Sound, which is more protected and unfortunately polluted water. I get a lot of my, um, all my seaweeds from remote waters off California and, and Oregon. And I, you know, when it comes to other ingredients, like I think about acai, for example, which is, you know, really popular in drink mixes and juices, and that's coming from the Amazon where we have fires and other issues right now. Um, I really want formulators to think about products that are grown, you know, that are cultivated, that have the, the ingredient benefits that may mimic wild foods, but we don't have to resort to using those wild foods, like wild berries, and, and literally like go to the most distant parts of the planet to get some of these ingredients because that, there's a huge impact. On the other hand, you know, we may be able to help the indigenous cultures sustainably farm their products. So it's really complicated, um, but I would recommend herbalists or, or formulators to look at the United Plant Savers. You may, the acronym UPS, there's an organization called United Plant Savers that lists at-risk and endangered herbs. I haven't looked at their website in a while because I keep um, in touch with this information pretty regularly, but be aware of what is endangered and what's woods grown and what is wild harvested and whether your your people are aware of, you know, even the people who are doing the the picking of the food you know you don't want necessarily chocolate to be harvested by children um, these are all issues that are going on now so we want to make sure that the people are being protected who provide us with these foods and we want to make sure the environment's being protected by all of us great reminders any uh last thought you'd like to touch on in terms of healthy aging the category you know, I'm, I'm excited to be here at the show and look at the, um, the real thoughtful formulation of products that are going to be here that I've seen. I was here last year and really impressed by what we, we have, what our, our domestic um, providers and suppliers are coming up with, and just the international, um, just incredible mix of people that are here promoting what their countries offer, what their cultures offer, and what their cuisines offer as well. So I think there's a lot to see here, and I look forward to more of the podcasts and um, presentations that we'll have and meeting the people that are bringing this stuff forward. Yes, I agree. It is a great community. We're so glad that you're part of it. Thank you for your, your time and talent at the show this year. Um, as I mentioned, we are recording live in the Expo Hall. If you heard a little racket going on, that's just part of the, part of the game here. But um, Michael, thank you so much for your time today, and have a great show. Thank you, Karen. For more award-winning podcasts from industry experts, go to insider.com and click in the podcast section. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play by searching Healthy Insider Podcast. Hit subscribe to never miss an episode. This edition of the Healthy Insider Podcast is brought to you by Supply Side West, 